Portia will be talking about how she walked away, rebuilt herself to become the best version that she could for her kids. Portia, you can tell us a little bit about yourself and about your kids and when you became a mother. Um, so my, I have three kids, 14 year old daughter and a 13 year old twin boys. Um, so I was 24 when I had all three of my kids in the same year. So, um, within that year I had just gotten married. We had just, um, found out we were pregnant and then we were about to move to another state with um, no friends, no family, didn't know anybody out there. And so I had all three of my kids at 24, and I was a new wife. And so the first year after I had my daughter, it was a learning curve. Um, I was trying to figure out how to be a wife and be a mom, and I had just moved out of my mom's house that same year. (laughs) So... (laughs) So that was a lot. Um, and then when I was moving to Louisiana, where my husband was from, because I'm from Mississippi, um, my daughter was two weeks old, and I was transferring doctors from Mississippi to Louisiana. And so my six-week checkup after I had my daughter was late. So when I went in and found a doctor, I was pregnant again. Oh, oh <laughs> I was pregnant again. And... Um, with twins. So after I had the twins, we moved to Arkansas. They were about three months old. And this is probably where I didn't know that I was having like postpartum depression because I didn't know anything about it because motherhood came quick to me. So I didn't know that that's what I was having. And so we moved to Arkansas. My, My kids were like, My boys were three months old, and Savannah was almost one, and I just, like, shaved my hair off. I started, um, because my husband was working overnight, so when he would come in in the morning, he would sleep. So it would just be me and the kids all day. And so I shaved my hair off. I lost a lot of weight. It was like a Britney Spears moment. (laughs) I I just, like, I wouldn't necessarily say lost it, but I kind of did, because I picked up a lot of alcohol. I started drinking a lot because he was gone and my kids were small and I didn't know how to, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so I was just like, I cannot, I cannot do this. I can't do this here. We need to move back. And so we moved back to Mississippi about, mm, probably about five or six months later. We moved back to Mississippi and I thought it was going to help being around family, being around friends. I didn't feel like I was losing myself, but I think I slowly was diving deeper into that depression because, and this, and for me, I didn't think that it would, I thought it was just like a phase, like I would just get over it and just go through it because I wasn't talking to anybody about what was going on with me. I just like, I was my husband says I'm dramatic, <laughs> but it always went from one extreme to the next with me. There was no in the middle. And so um, probably about, I don't know, a couple years in when my kids were like three, Savannah was maybe maybe somewhere between three and four and the boys were two. I just like, 
clocked out completely just clocked out and I was living there but I was gone most of the time like I don't even remember a year of my kids life because I was just gone and so it wasn't <laughs> I don't it, that's part of like one of my biggest regrets as a mom is one when they were small I was still trying to figure out how to be a mom and then when I moved and my depression was still there and I called it extreme because I was doing the most I was doing <laughs> I was doing the most during that time I don't remember much of anything when they were like three three to four like that whole year I was I don't I didn't know my kids my kids didn't see me my husband just like had to step in and do everything because I wasn't there thankfully he's a he's a good dude we love Uncle Steve. <laughs> He's a good dude. Do I need to talk about what I was doing? <laughs> you want to. Whatever you're comfortable. With. Um, I, I've always lived my life as an open book, so this probably this won't be anything new. Um, <laughs> during that time, I had clocked out, is what I called it. Um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted and who I was and what I wanted to do with myself and so I reverted back into the old me before I met my husband and um it's probably TMI but like <laughs> sex was always my go-to and that's where I always felt like I had control over you know situations and so um in that year that I clocked out I had an affair and so my husband stayed, thankfully. <laughs> he stayed, and we prayed, and we walked through it with God, and we talked through it with God. But that year was, it was, it was a struggle. It was a struggle year for us as a family and um, for myself. Because even though I reverted back to to sex, thinking that that was the way for me to find myself, it made me feel more empty. And um, even more lost than I already was. So now I'm, I don't have a relationship with my husband. I don't know who the hell I am because I am way out here, like way left field. And um, my kids don't know what, who, they don't see me. They didn't see me for that whole year. When I decided to get my life together because my husband was like, I'm, I'm about to go. <laughs> I'm about to go. And the thing that I think that, checked me back in was when he said that he didn't trust me around my kids. <laughs> That's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to lose my kids. I didn't want to lose my husband. So I was like, I need to figure out what to do. I started doing therapy. Therapy works. Prayer and therapy. I yeah. swear by it. <laughs> so it works, and I know that when I was in therapy, I was talking about about how I feel about certain things, how I feel about this, or how I didn't feel about this, and they were like, you keep talking about what you feel, but let's talk about the reality of what is. Let's get out your feelings. Let's get out your feelings, and let's look at the situation as a whole, and so... Ooh, I was in therapy for a long time, child, <laughs> and I still 
could probably use a session or two <laughs> now. But um, I did check out. I did. But I'm, I'm glad I came back in. My kids are beautiful, beautiful people now. They're older. They have their own little personalities. And it's like I, get, I see me and my kids. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I see me in them in the way that they think and how they react to certain things. And now it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to prevent and it's not necessarily my daughter, it's my youngest twin, because he's on the extreme side like me. It's either <laughs> one or the other. And I'm trying to figure out how to um not necessarily stop him, but help him um, cope better with uh, life. With life, nothing's going on with him. He just—he's quick to anger sometimes. So, just trying to figure out how to guide that. The other two are fine. <laughs> <laughs> the other two are fine. So, just a quick backstory I should have done in the beginning, but me and Portia met at Zell's. Um, I started working at at the Zell's here in Pearland um, after I had my child, or really before, and then I came back from maternity leave, and then Portia came, and I knew that I instantly was going to love her because she had a bob cut, and she was like, hey, friend, <laughs> and she was just so friendly, and she, she knows a lot about what I went through that first year um, as a mother, especially with my child's father. Um, they honestly have bad blood. <laughs> so I remember that one time he came and picked up um, Alani from, from my job, and she just stared his ass down. And, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was bad. Her and, and our other friend, our other coworker, Alicia, like, they, they were there you know, from the beginning, and they saw a lot of that. And uh, Portia, she pretty much always used to listen to me and always tried to encourage me. And yeah. I have a tendency to play the mom role in my friends' <laughs> lives, in all my friends' lives, and that could either be a good thing or a bad thing, but I, um, I always wanted to see the best in your life. That Alani was just, let me tell you something, I, I, babysat Alani that one time (laughs) when she was, I don't know, probably like nine months old. And she was so cute as a baby. (laughs) Oh my gosh, she was so cute. But I was like, I'm finna be real hood and feed this child some red beans and rice. (laughs) (laughs) And she loved it. And so I, um, I always appreciated the fact that you tried to do you know, things with Alani. I see her, because she's, what, four now? Mm-hmm. Child. <laughs> Alani is a trip, and I just I just love watching her, even though it's from afar, it's virtually. Mm-hmm. But still, that's still my, that's still my baby. That's yeah. my Lilani. <laughs> Lilani. <laughs> and so, just watching her grow into this charismatic, just beautiful, non-traumatic child. <laughs> like, she, I don't know if she knows the extent of the relationship between you and her dad, but she don't she don't see all of that. She didn't. She does all she sees is her mom is there, loving her and caring for her and doing everything 
that a mom is supposed to do. All right. Oh, thank you. Well, last year was super hard for me. Um, Like I said, my child's father, he um, moved to Dallas, and he really moved on. And I think I took it very hard because it was like, oh, my God, like, dang, like, it's finally time for me to move on Mm -hmm. from him. So for a couple of months, I I wasn't working at that time, so it was very hard because Alani wasn't, it was summertime, so she wasn't in school, so she had to sit there and actually see me mm. being broken. Um, I used to wake up and put her in front of a TV just so I could go back to bed and cry. Mm. And I remember, like, there were days where, obviously, she was she was four, so she was very active. She wanted to go outside and She'll come and get me out of bed and say, Mommy, let's go. Let's go outside. I want to go outside. Yeah. So I think that it finally, like, it, it dawned on me, like, okay, it's time for me to, to try to get past this. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was to the point where I knew that my daughter was not really, like, like you said, like, she didn't really see it, but she saw it in a way. Yeah. Like, she saw that I was down, and obviously that affected her. So... I was like, okay, I need to go back to therapy. I need to, like, you know, be a a mom. Like, I feel like I've always, from the beginning, like, I've been a mom, but not to, to, how do I say it? Not to the extent where I know I could be. Mm -hmm. Because, obviously, like, I was depressed for many reasons. One, because it never worked out between me and him. And two, because I always thought that my life would be different. I never thought that. I'd end up having a baby with somebody that I wasn't going to be with or marry or even, like, in college. I, I never thought that. So it's, like, that when that day, whenever she, she came and got me, I was, like, okay, like, like I need to get out of this. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's hard. It's overwhelming, especially when you do have postpartum and you – don't know it and you yeah. don't treat it right away and yeah. you just let it sit and it becomes greater and greater and greater mm-hmm. and like for me it always came and go like I do have seasonal depression so there are certain things that trigger me like my it, my pregnancy like was one of the most traumatic events in my life mm-hmm. even though it was obviously God sent but that when it I was pregnant pregnant when it when it was cold so when it gets cold now like I get like I said, seasonal depression, I started thinking about that. Yeah. And, I mean, it's gotten better throughout the years, but I, I just get little triggers. And now I'm always, like, reminding myself that Alani is here. Mm-hmm. Alani is old enough to now start grasping the, the things that are happening around her, and I don't want her to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to remember me or remember her, like, childhood, like, of me in, in bed crying. Yeah. Especially crying over her dad that – obviously like she's gonna make her own uh, you know decisions on who he is or whatever yes and at the end of the day like when he's there for her he's there for her so he's a good dad Mm -hmm. and I always want her to remember him by that like oh that's my daddy that's he's a good dad not oh he hurt my mom type stuff so whenever you you know walked away for that year like do you remember 
like having those moments like oh like doing what you're doing and then saying oh shit like I wonder what my kids are doing or like yeah absolutely um I would say because my husband always uh had pictures I think around that time Facebook was still fairly new so um I would always see him post pictures and I'm and I'm not in them and that's hard when you see life happening for your family and, and you're not there. So I would, like, I would see pictures of them at the zoo or at the aquarium, and they just look like they're having the time of their lives, and here I am just somewhere not with them. It is hard. It is. So now I feel like I wouldn't necessarily say it's, like, overcompensating, but I kind of feel like I am because I felt like, I missed out on so much in that year for them that I was trying, I'm trying to make up a lot of, my kids are just about spoiled (laughs) because I'm trying to make up for a lot of the time that I missed with them. So I'm at every game, every practice and every play and every band concert and that shit's expensive, (laughs) but I don't want to miss another thing that they're, that they're doing. Right, and I think I, I too, like, I don't remember, I don't really, I don't remember the good times of Alani's first year. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, just like, I don't remember half of my pregnancy. I just remember the bad things. Yeah. And, and I think, like, on my phone, like, and even when I post, there are always pictures of Alani. Like, it's never of me. And, like, I see the videos that I did take during that first year, and I replay them and replay them to try to remember, like, what were we doing when I took this video? Mm-hmm. Like, where where was I when Alani started crawling? Like, where was I when when she said her first words, which were Todd, which is my dog, <laughs> not even Mama. She said Todd. So, but and and what I mean by where was I is like where was I emotionally? Mm-hmm. Because it's like physically you were there. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, obviously it was me that recorded the video, but where was I that I didn't connect the, the, you know, the awe and the Mm -hmm. joy of hearing her or seeing her doing these things? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's like now when you see those photos or those videos, it's connected to a traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you get past that? Right. What are you supposed to do? And when I see a picture of my three-year-old in her Doc McStuffins outfit Mm -hmm. and I wasn't there. Right. It's a beautiful picture, but it's a it's a memory that's a feeling that's attached to this photo, and I can't even enjoy looking at this photo because I wasn't present for that. Right. Do you think um, that you've forgiven yourself for walking away, and if not, do you think you'll ever get there? Um, <laughs> I like to think that I've forgiven myself, it was it was a lot of prayer um, that came after that first year. It was a lot of unwanted but un, unwanted but necessary conversations that had to be had between myself and my husband in order for us to get back to where we should have been um, as far as parenting with our kids, um, I'd like to think that I've forgiven myself. I think that I have. 
I think that I have. I'm happier. My kids are happy. My marriage is good. You know, I'm, I'm taking care of my mom. She's here in that room probably <laughs> watching NCIS for the millionth time. <laughs> so, um, I, I think that I'm in a good place with myself majority of the time. I think, like you said, I know you have seasonal depression. I think that there are still some moments um, that I have that kind of bring me to a place of uncomfortability emotionally. Um, And so I think you just have to work through those moments. Um, Call a friend. Pray it out. Journal. Journaling? Yeah. I hear journaling is really good. (laughs) I might need to pick up a book or something. My daughter writes all the time, so (laughs) there might need to be a lesson from her I need to do. But um, I think it's something that I'm working. I think it's a constant work through. Right. I think it's a constant um, forgiveness that you have to do. Right. And I I definitely agree with the whole journaling. I think, uh, well, my therapist suggested it, and then... I was like, my hand gets tired too too fast, so I'm going to just start video blogging. But I, every time when I feel like I'm taking stuff for granted or I feel like the way I'm happy now and the peace I feel, like when I feel like it's not, it's too good to be true kind of, I go back and I read my journal entries and I watch those videos and I'm like, oh, my God. Like I remember that back then I never thought that I would get out of this. So is that something that you do often? You go back and because I don't, I think, I think it's good to to remember, but I also feel like we should not live back there. Yeah, and I think like I'm still like my heal. Obviously, my healing journey is not You're still done. Healing yes, so it's like I think I watch it just because, like I said, sometimes I take for granted, mm-hmm. or I feel like I'm I'm living in a in a dream and it's gonna like. It's like, when is the other shoe gonna drop? Type thing. So I don't watch it and I don't watch it and, and feel sorry for myself or nothing. I just I feel like I need to remind myself that I'm really am I survived that. Yeah, that you're not there anymore. Yes, like I survived that part of my life. So, I mean, obviously, like I yesterday there was a video on Instagram that said like, you know, God is gonna give you a ridiculous piece, and I'm tr- I feel like I'm truly living that. There's little things that used to make me upset that it just, it doesn't even bother me. And everybody, like, I have one friend, my friend Jesse, the guy, I don't know if you remember, I remember him. him. But he always used to say, it is what it is. Ooh, that sounds like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, he used to say, it is what it is. And I used to be like, no, like, it's not it is what it is. Like, you just don't understand. But now I feel like I truly grasp the, the meaning of it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's how I I'm, that's the point where I'm at. It's like, it is what it is. Yeah, I think, I don't know if, if I feel like, I don't know if it's a guy-girl thing, but mm-hmm. I know, like, with my husband, him and Jesse are probably in the same boat, because <laughs> they always, they live in a nonchalant world, where yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, he always says, you know, it is what it is, and God's got us. Mm-hmm. Why are you worried about, why are you stressing about, mm-hmm. why are you constantly thinking about, whatever it is. Right. And so, I, I don't know how to live like that. I always think about, with him, he always thinks, like, ten steps ahead. Mm-hmm. He's He is, like, three 
months away from where I'm at. <laughs> I always think about what's going on right now in front of me. And so I think for me when I do that, it keeps me in a place of, like sometimes it's unstable to live right here in the now because yeah. stuff happens every day and, and you just, I need to figure out how to get past that, how to move on from, you know, living in the right now of things because I'm like, Lord, okay, this month is a slow month for work um, and the HOA is due. <laughs> and now I'm trying to figure out how to get this money and I'll stress myself out to the point of I can't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how I, how I can do this, how I can do that. And my husband's just sleeping peacefully in the bed because <laughs> he's not worried about it because he always is like, you know, God's always taking care of us, so we'll worry about it when we have to worry about it. I'm like, I'm worried about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, I, I feel like I definitely used to be like that. Like, I literally used to drown myself in and worry. worry, yeah. And that's why now it is, it is what it is because it's like, okay, I always freak out and I know that, like Stephen says, like, God will provide. Mm-hmm. And he does. And I think I obviously have gone through all these things just so that I can have faith like that there is going to be a better tomorrow mm-hmm. and there's a bigger purpose for things uncle steve he's right <laughs> steve's philosophy yeah. yes he's good he's good at that though i'm so grateful to him and his leadership and his prayer because that's got to be the most prayingest man <laughs> and i i i'm thankful that i have somebody like that yeah Definitely. Like I, like I told you the other day, like I feel like everybody needs to have a village because not even just with motherhood, but in your life period, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no way that you can do stuff alone. Yeah. Like I, I've learned that the hard way, like my parents raised me to be independent and obviously I'm not like them because yes, they're independent. They're really hardworking and stuff, but they were always dis- like emotionally disattached. And I'm like the opposite. My brother is like them, but I'm like the complete opposite. I'm an empath. I feel all my feelings. <laughs> I had a pretty decent um, childhood. My parents were always good to me. I did have some things happen when I was a kid, but my parents um, were good to me. Mm-hmm. And I just want to relay that same thing to my kids and be good to them um, and take them on experiences and and journeys through life and, you know, have open dialogue with them because they're about to start high school for a child. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even think about Alani going to kindergarten and they're about to go to high school. They're about to start high school um, and they're already, like, I'm getting letters talking about dual classes and it's it's good watching them grow up, but it's scary because I know what's outside because outside ain't cute. Right. It's a lot of stuff outside. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to prepare my kids for high school because I feel like that's where a lot of learning happens. Definitely. Amongst friends because mm-hmm. now it's just, it's like ninth, not just ninth graders. They're in there with 17, 18 year old people right (laughs) (laughs) so I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out let me tell you when you become a parent it is 
kids are shaping them into these little people who have a pretty decent moral compass. Um, so, God help me. I don't know what we're going to do when ninth grade starts. It's a journey. It's an, it's an ever-growing journey. But they have strong parents, like, obviously, like, <laughs> you know, like, you're so wise, like, I always knew that, and um, I feel, too, like, maybe we're going through all these things so that our kids can be better human beings than, you know, we we are, and obviously how way different from what other people in, in the world nowadays are. Yeah. So, like, I feel like whenever Alani gets to, you know, my point, like, like you said, it's all about open dialogue and, and, you know, teaching them. And I want her to know, like, what I had to go through. And not so she she feels that, oh, like, oh, my God, like, I shouldn't get pregnant. But, like, for her to know, like, okay, if this does happen, then I'm always going to have a support system and I'm always going to – there's always a way out yeah. type thing. Because at the end of the day, even though during that time I walked away, I think – for some women, it you know it may not be their story. It was mine, but it's okay to walk away. For right, a while. and a lot of people don't think that, and that's why me too. I was like, oh my god, I feel bad. Like, why, why am I going deeper into this? Like, mm-hmm. you know, depressed mood. Like, it's not okay. I shouldn't be doing this. Like, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Like, I have a whole child to live for, and I, I felt guilty. Like, not only that I feel depressed and overwhelmed and whatever, but I feel guilty for feeling the way I yeah. felt. Yeah. So. It's, so, it's it's almost like one of those things where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. You feel guilty for, for walking away and trying to um, regain a sense of self. Or then, on the other side, on the other side of the coin, you feel guilty for staying, but you don't, you're still living in the you know, in the in the world of everything else around you is just moving mm-hmm. and you're not you're not yourself. Now you're just you know, you're the mom because you have to be. Right. But who are who are you? Like what are you doing to find some kind of happiness? Because if you ain't happy, ain't nobody else around you, they gonna see it. Exactly. They gonna they gonna see it and they're gonna feel it. So sometimes it, it is good to walk away. I regret I regret that I missed a year of my kids life, but that I did because it made me realize that that's where I wanted to be. Right. So I'm not mad at it. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, definitely the same. Like, I feel like that's why <clears throat> nowadays you see, like, all these broken marriages because, like, for example, like, my mom, like, my dad was always, like, my dad was an alcoholic, so he was always out on the weekends. He provided, but he was never kind to her. Like, I don't have not one good memory of my dad being nice to my mom or loving or anything like that. So, but my mom, back then, like, he was a provider. She couldn't walk away. She couldn't have time to to herself or to say, you know, like, this is enough. I need to fix me for my kids. Like, she didn't have that. Yeah. So, I think, like, that was that's one of the reasons, too, like, why I wanted to make this podcast because a lot of people don't talk about the hardships that they go through or that they have to live through in silence. And it's like, also, not only do you, it's okay to walk away, but you don't you don't have to live through these things in silence. There's yeah. there's always people that are willing to help you and people that are, like, 
in the same situation as you. You just need to go out there and find your your tribe. Yeah. To be to be able to be like okay, like I'm not wrong for feeling this way. So now I'm gonna build myself and come back ten times better for my kids. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think that hopefully, like this will reach somebody and and they'll know. Just like me, like. When I was going through my things, like, yeah, like, all of y'all would say all these things and, like, how it would get better and stuff like that and what I should do to, like, get out of that. But I feel like it took me to to want to make that move, to yeah. walk away, and to also know that y'all meant the be- very best for me. It wasn't that y'all were judging me or, like, y'all just didn't like Alani's dad. <laughs> but, you know, like, y'all wanted the best for me. And now I truly, truly understand that. And... I really, like, I never got to say it, but thank you because you always gave me really good advice, and I know you really care for me. And honestly, like, you and, like, a couple of other women, like, y'all are the reason why I am the woman and, you know, the mother that I am today. Because y'all never gave up on me, so. (laughs) Never, never, never. I was was sitting here thinking about um, Alani's christening. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that was supposed to be such a holy day, but it was not a holy day at all. That was, no, oh my God. That, that was, and I still have like pictures of Alani from the day. She was so cute, but that, that day was very hard as a friend to watch you go through. I, I'm always very, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm very vocal when it comes to my friends, mm. and I have I have a tendency to because sometimes I overstep <laughs> when it comes to my friends. Um, but I will say something yeah. to whomever they know. I will say <laughs> something, and it was very it was very hard as a friend to watch um, you emotionally go through that day. It was yeah. supposed to be so peaceful. I'm thankful that Steve was there because <laughs> <laughs> thought my husband was gonna have to jump. <laughs> but no, I was just I'm I'm thankful that we have come from that situation. I'm yeah. happy that you have come from that situation into one now where you're just blossoming and blooming into this beautiful person. And Alani has a great model to look up to like a great person to look up to she got some big shoes to walk in (laughs) no I I see her and I I just feel like like when they say the kids are you know those are the kids of tomorrow they they definitely are she's just she's so kind she's sassy as hell but Mm -hmm. you know she got there for me so, so when they say, I hope you get a kid just like me. No, girl. <laughs> like, I was never bad. Like, I, I never talked back. Or I, I was I was a good child. Like, I was a, a nerd. And my mom, like, it took me in high school to rebel and sneak out. And my mm-hmm. mom caught me and she cried. And from that day, she was like, you're going to pay back for what you did to me. But it was just <laughs> that one thing. Yeah. But it, it's like she just hexed me. Like, she cursed me because sometimes Alani be having the same attitude as me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the heck? Yeah. So definitely, whatever my mom wanted me to pay back, I'm paying it back <laughs> with interest. <laughs> I, I believe it. I see. And I wasn't. 
kid either. I was bossy, mm-hmm. and um, I always tried to mother my friends. I think that's a trait that I still have. My daughter has inherited that because she's <laughs> like that with her friends. But I was, I was quiet and sneaky. Mm. Ooh, it was bad. Let me tell you something. I, I don't. I'm not ready for that stage of life yet. Yeah, I'm not ready for that. That is going to be surviving motherhood. <laughs> for real. Anything you want to tell the mothers out there that, you know, had a similar story? I would tell them that um, sometimes it's okay to walk away. It's okay to figure out what you want and what you need to figure out, um, you know, the people around you, who you want to be surrounded by, to figure out hobbies that you need to do to feel more like yourself. It's okay to be you and to find you no matter what stage of life you're in. That's great advice. (laughs) So thank you for tuning in, besties. Talk to you later. Bye.